This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield Oi. 2. Thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Good evening and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. This past week, we've had Neil Warnock throw shade in the direction of the owner and directors, the transfer windows slam shut, and town failed to complete their main transfer mission. Both situations led to a HTFC hashtag social media meltdown, but just as it looked like tipping point had been reached, the Terriers go and snaffle an improbable three points down at a West Brom team who'd only lost once at home since the 1st of October 2022. Does this douse the flames or only serve to temper them momentarily? Joining myself, Matt Shaw, on this live episode is the follically challenged one. It's Mr. Richard Cosy Cosmala. Are you okay there, Cosy? Man, if you can't be okay after Saturday, we need to take up fishing or somewhere else, don't we? <laughs> and our guest this week is the second most popular man of his surname in football. He's <laughs> probably more Chris Wilder than Van Wilder, but we're delighted to welcome him to the pod. It's BBC West Yorkshire Sports, Louis Reynolds. How are you doing, Louis? I'm really well. What an intro. What an intro. I'll remember that for a long time. Brilliant. Uh, Okay, so this episode, as always, is sponsored by the fabulous Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, You can use our code of AHTTC10 to get 10% off all online orders. Maybe you could fill the international break with a visit to Magic Rock's Taproom, where I believe they've got some Broken Bones barbecue this weekend. They do a barbecue brisket that even our Texan listener, Joe McGregor, would approve of. First things first, Louis, Um, I think most people would like to know one thing, and that is how relieved 
you are that you don't have to go through this on a weekly basis. Of course, we've got. Well, I think uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice there, chaps. Um, I love being on. Um, I meant meant Mark Fotheringham there that came up, but not not us. (laughs) So how (laughs) how happy are you that um, that things are the way they are now? Yeah, it's good. I think uh, I think from my point of view, I think uh, getting to speak to Neil Warnock on a semi regular basis is always a pleasure. It's never dull. Is it? I mean, we saw in the press conference on Thursday, it certainly isn't dull. Um, as for Mark Fotheringham, you, you've just got to put that down as a little footnote at times, don't you? Bless him. He, he, he was always nice to deal with, to be fair to him. Always nice to deal with, but I don't think it was ever going to work out. So it's it's nice to have Neil in. And uh, as I say, it's never a dull moment when you go and speak to him. Of course not. So let's move on to the football. Uh, West Brom 1, Huddersfield Town 2. Uh, Neil Warnock had made one change really all season, and then he sprung a bit of a surprise to a, a, a what looked like um, you know starting lineup of three five two really no Sober mm-hmm. Thomas, um, Josh no Karoma in the starting lineup no Tom Edwards Delano Bergzog started up front, and a debut for Ben Wiles um, Kasumu right wing back as well which we've seen him do before last season. So how surprised guys were you to see this considering Warnock? was saying prior to or post the Norwich game that if we did play 3-5-2 uh, against the decent sides in this league we'd get a bit of a pasting so it was mm. a was that just typical Neil Warnock doing what Neil Warnock does or was it um, or was it a genuine surprise? Good question I mean surprising yeah because as you mentioned not many changes so far this season I think a bit of both to be honest Matt it's Neil Warnock, he, he maybe likes telling us one thing, doesn't he, on a Thursday? And more often than not, he does something else at the weekend. Maybe he's, you know, trying to take Carlos and West Brom by a bit by surprise. He said to Oggy afterwards, he was only doing it to take Oggy by surprise in his in his prep for the commentary. But <laughs> it, 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 as soon as that team news came out, you thought, that that's one, that's a talking point. And two, this is going to be very interesting. And it's a chance, and I know we'll probably come on to it, you know, to look at the squad and maybe have an assessment of that squad, um, which, which some felt a little bit deflated about at the end of the transfer window. So I'd say a bit of both. It was certainly a surprise, but you can never rule out Neil Warnock producing those surprises, can you? Yeah, I thought there'd be changes, uh, but I think, again, classic Warnock, I think everyone thought, uh, Daniel Ward, as is uh, known on some of these apps, uh, will be the man at Wake make way. But again, Warnock throws us uh, a curveball or two as well. And, and Bergsog obviously chucked him straight in uh, the week before against uh, Norwich. So for him to get the start and yeah, Joey Medley, nice to see a bit of energy really out wide, I think, to, to ask questions of, of West Brom as well. So yeah, it didn't surprise me there were changes, but it did surprise me that kind of Ward takes play. I, I fully expected Keane Arrow, but Honestly, he's such a loyal guy, isn't he, to his players, is, uh, is Warnock. And I get the impression Danny Ward could, uh, I don't know, could be an armed robbery tomorrow at HSBC in Huddersfield, but he'd still get a pick for the Rotherham game. So let's let's talk about it. So town looked really slick, didn't they, in, in at the start? Um, yeah. Jack Radoni had a goal disallowed, and I, I tell you what, it's a little bit soft uh, watching it on the on the replay. I, I can understand why it's given. The player goes down, maybe Helix shouldn't have his hands up. A uh, little bit reminiscent of Matty Pearson versus Barnsley in the FA Cup uh, a couple of years ago, if anybody remembers that, where it's uh, it's a cracking dive from Matty Pearson. But um, a little bit soft, but Town started quite well. And people always typecast Neil Warnock teams as this long ball 
outfit, don't they? But actually, Town are quite slick on the counter. They do actually play some nice football at times. And they didn't really have to wait long, though, did they? Um, a nice chest down from Delano, Dr. Bergsorg, and, and Town deservedly in front at half-time, lads. And it, it was good, wasn't it? What a goal that was. It was sensational. I was just uh, in a cricket tea room. It was like I was going wild. It, like Someone thought I was having like a seizure. And they were peering <laughs> over my shoulders like, wow, that is some goal. <clears throat> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, it reminded me, and it, it, were, it were at the same end as well as uh, Van La Parra. Uh, do you remember that, Matt? It, I don't know what they call that end. Is it the oh God, Is it the Tilton Road end or something like that? No, it's Birmingham, isn't it? But yeah, it was the same goal there. You know, you remember when we were last one there in the Premier League and that as well, and it was just a sensational finish. And it, again, similar celebrations, kind of just like walked away and uh, doing that. But he was uh, a real handful all, uh, all, certainly as long as we're on the pitch, well, it was 71 minutes. But yeah, it was a fantastic finish. And again, I think what I liked about him and... Uh, We'll probably talk about Ben Wilds in a minute. They weren't afraid to, like, you know, go uh, try to look, have a shot. And, yeah, it's uh, all of a sudden it looks like we could have a bit of a player on our hands there. But fully deserved uh, the lead, really. I didn't think it were a penalty, what you were referring to, the other incident, Matt. But, again, maybe at home with the, with the home crowd kind of yelling at the referee, you might, you might kind of buckle. But totally agree. And you obviously were there, Louis, but there's a lot of dissent in there against the owner. There were a big protest. And I've yeah. always thought, from fans, they're they're easily turned and easily negative, and and it would get into that stage when just after we'd scored, they they were turning, they were groaning, they were getting frustrated, they were they were wanting the ball played quicker. It reminded me so much, obviously, when Carlos was at Huddersfield, that even as well as as well as we would, I mean, incredible season, but similar groans. Come on, get on with it. And I just thought, you know yeah. what? If we could just get his noses in front, we could be in business. And brilliant goal there, Bergsorg. And I wonder how fit it can be, Matt. He looks quite fit, but surely he's going to get fitter. And yeah, we could have a bit of a maverick on our hands, mate. He looks an handful, doesn't he? Louis, he feels like one of those players that's going to have you um, on your feet for 90 minutes one week and then tearing your hair out for the next couple of games. He's he's going to be some some ride, isn't he? Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I think the latter, hopefully we don't see much of that hair tearing. Hopefully not for Mr. Cosmala, yeah, sure. Yeah, I must confess, lads, I actually missed his goal. I missed the opening goal. We had done what? the we had done the pre-match hour. I'd got about 20 minutes or however long it was into the first half. I thought, right, I'm going to go for a quick, uh, quick toilet break. So I nip down because I don't like missing a lot of the action. <laughs> and at no West way. Brom, you've, you go up the stairs and you, you basically have to climb through. It's almost like climbing through someone's attic to get to, to, get to the broadcasting point. So I'm quickly down, I'm coming back up and I'm, I'm, we're in Bay E, so we're about halfway along as well. So I'm walking along like this attic and the steps and I'm being careful and all that. And I just hear this cheer. And I think that cheer is not loud enough to be a West Brom goal. So I'm thinking, so I get back as I see them all wheeling off celebrating. Uh, thankfully, we had monitors in front of us. So I saw the, I did see the goal moments after it happened. Um, brilliant, brilliant finish. And I think, like you said, Matt, uh, unsurprisingly I mean I'll hold my hands up and say this I didn't know really anything about him when we we saw that he had signed for the club um and I think you're right I think some weeks we're going to be in for a, a real treat as you say I think a bit of a maverick you, you we've kind of been here before haven't we with those kind of players where maybe some other weeks they might really frustrate us um but what we saw on Saturday energetic first to every ball putting his body on the line, you know, not afraid to have an effort on goal. And of course, his, his, his goal that he did score was was brilliantly taken. So 
hopefully, you know, I think we're all hoping that Town have unearthed a, a real gem and come the end of the season, we're looking back and thinking, wow, what a signing that was. I'll tell you what, Matt, you need some encouragement, I think, in the, when you go to the play. I mean, let bear in mind, they've battered Swansea, they've battered Middlesbrough, although everyone seems to be battering them. But the guy that gave me so much encouragement was their goalkeeper, Mr. Alex Palmer. I thought he was horrendous. I thought he were awful coming for crosses. He were patting stuff back out. I thought he should have done better with both goals, especially the second one. I just mm. thought, he, you know, I set pieces I thought were a bit disappointing, to be honest with you. If they'd have been better, I think we could have had more fun. But it just early on, when you've seen a keeper like that flapping about and I thought, yeah, it was a brilliant finish, don't get me wrong, but I'm thinking maybe maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I thought it maybe could have done a little bit, you know, better. But yeah, it just give, were giving me all the encouragement I need. I just thought, get that ball in that box, man, because he were awful, I thought. They've had some issues, haven't they, West Brom over the last year or two with goalkeepers? They had Sam Johnston, didn't they, who was uh, in the England squad. And then all of a sudden they had to go with, uh, I think it was David Button, and he was, yeah. he was really bad for them. And uh, they've struggled, haven't they, really, to sort of, replace Sam Johnston and, and good for us, you know, it, it yeah. all ended all ended quite nicely. Um I think Riddle, I think both shots had sufficient power, didn't they, to sort of squeeze through. But you're probably right, because I think if Lee Nichols had conceded both of those, the way we look at Lee Nichols, we'd probably be a bit disappointed. But I think Lee Nichols probably saves both anyway. But <laughs> no, it's 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 good and, and maybe makes up for that Redoni miss um which in the second half, which Thankfully for Jack, he was he was coming from an offside position, so he would have been given offside. So we can let him off with that one. But he was Matt, superb, wasn't he? Throughout Jack Ridoni, he was really. Uh, uh, sorry, Warnock's obviously tasked him with ten goals this season. He wants ten goals out of him, and yeah, I think he's been a bit frustrated. I can kind of tell. Obviously, you you speak to him more than us, Louis, but that that is not kind of you know bombing on. Just obviously finished with a wet sail last season, like a lot of our players did, and. I don't think we've seen that as much this time. I've been a, mm. kind of a bit disappointed, obviously, early days. But that was the Jack Rodoni that we saw against Watford and, and all the other places in, in the back end of last season. Uh, and you know what, mate? He, he just feels like a guy who's, you know, just, just living the dream. His Instagram is so funny. I mean, I'm, he must have posted a story on about 50 times of that goal and it was still doing the rounds today. But there's a guy who's just enjoying life and, I just love his interviews. I know, uh, obviously, the Radio Leeds uh, interviews are better than the club ones, but it was a lovely little interview that he gave with Delano Bergsorg as, as well. And just he just seems just a su- superb guy. You could only wish someone like that to do well. And uh, I think we said in our pre-season preview, Matt, that if he kind of keeps that form up that the end of last season, like maybe pie in the sky, that in January next year, he could be like looking over those shoulders at a bid. But, yeah, it was brilliant to see uh, mm. you know, him in, in such rude health and that as well. Just, just go in and... and Attacking people, I think. People I think want... as well, he, he comes across as as a really good guy who really wants to do well. And I know as football fans, like at the end of the day, we want to see our, see our teams win. And and when our teams lose, it well, we maybe think it doesn't matter if they're nice guys or or they want to do well. We, we've just lost the game, but you can tell he he really wants to work hard. He does work hard. I mean, I have to say the goal he scored in the first half, which was chalked off, what a finish that was. Oh, yeah. um, I think we we're all a bit gutted that it was chalked off because of the quality of anything, because it was such a great finish. Um, and obviously would have given Town the lead early on. Um, but, you know, if, if you're going to have a player, I think, in that squad at the moment, who's going to score a 97th minute winner in in what turns out to be the first win of the season. It's, it's brilliant for him. And as you say, we hopefully we see the Jack Redoni that we saw towards the end of the season. And I think, it, you know, it's easy to forget at times. He, he came up to a higher level, didn't he, last season? Never played 
above League One. He, he's still very young. He's still got a lot to learn. And, you know, you can tell a manager like Neil Warnock, when he has faith in a player, when he puts his arm around a player, he tends to get the best out of them. So, you know, maybe now that we've got out of this difficult run at the start of the season, we can we can see a bit more of Jack Radoni that we saw towards the end of last season and, of course, on Saturday. And I tell you what, it does my balls my head in it. It brings on the second goal, Matt. I'll rip your intro. You'll probably come on to that anyway. But nah, I'll talk about I'll the second half, mate. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what's, uh, what, what I like. And Warnock, again, gets knocked about this negative football. The, the problem that we've had this season, we're piling so many people forward at set pieces and, and breaking that. Every single goal we see to concede this season seems to be exactly the same. Same when I kind of slow, all of a sudden, it was a quick break. And, and it was our corner when, you know, that they broke for scored and very similar to some of the other goals uh, last weekend. And it's, I just wish we had a centre-back with a little bit of pace, Matt. Obviously, we've had Levi Corwell, you know, the, the, the other year as well. But I get, unfortunately, with that, we are just going to have to... I'd rather have Warnock go for a goal or, or push another extra man forward than, you know, let's just leave an extra man back and that as well. I, I think he's got to be praised for that, Matt. And, and, and it's un- unlike Neil Warnock, really, as well, where, you know, the other West Brom commentators were talking out of the backside on, on, on this... The, thing that I were watching they were just they were negative and this that and the other I thought we, we set out there to try and win the game and but the goal was so frustrating again because it was exactly the same as, as before I, I didn't think they were causing us any threat and then all of a sudden the, you know what it's not Premier League speed is it in this, this division but there's players with pace and yeah it, it, as soon as it burst onto it and Nichols it were just yeah the net were going to bulge and it would a big body blow that and, and I thought obviously here we go. I think we probably all did, didn't we? Like, here we go. Again, another body blow. and But we came straight back. I think we forced a corner pretty much straight away. And, and this is what I love about, like, the spirit of, of Neil Warnock's teams. It's They won't have it. And again, I think what Albion fans were like, come on, here we go. As you would do equalising 1-1. They've won all their home games. And the fact that we came straight back down the pitch, and we're like, oh, I, you know, we're not going away anytime soon. So, but yeah, we just haven't got any, any pace in our back line. So, unfortunately... This is probably going to be a regular occurrence. Obviously, we were uh, we saw it again, didn't we? That goal, cut him, man. Yeah, it's down on my on my list of things. It's it's the transition on the counter where we seem to struggle. Uh, I've I've made reference to this uh, a couple of times, and the back four that we've been operating with is Edwards, Ruffles, Helic, and Pearson, and there's no pace there at all. Especially the fullbacks you usually want fullbacks, don't you, with pace who can cover round them. Neither of them can do it. So it was nice to see Jaheim Headley in there because Jaheim Headley definitely does have speed and Yutanakiyama came on as well and he's he's not slow. Uh, Loic Aina does have pace, but he's probably just not quite But So I, I was quite happy to see the change of shape because it just allows a little bit more covering and then we go and concede the goal and it's a, it's a familiar thing, isn't it? It's Jaheim Headley who's the furthest one back, but there's a couple sort of, I think it's Hogg and Kasumu kind of overcommit from the back from a corner. And then the ball forward's pretty good, to be fair, to, to West Brom. And they, they cut in and it's it's Hogg, isn't it? Trying to pull Hoggy work working back. And apparently throughout, Hoggy was was excellent. You look at his stats, there's four tackles, four interceptions. And he's he's made he's, he's mm. played a really big role as Jonathan Hogg but, in that but game. Matt, but um, Warnock's creating yeah, this culture, though, Matt, to, to, for players to be positive and the team to be positive. I, I, I'm not buying this. You know, everyone comes in with stereotypes, especially the, the opposition media, new one up this, new one to that. And obviously, he's had the infamous bust up. Some of us old remember it, Megson and, and Sheffield United. Remember when they were like at about three cent off, and another one, I think the game would have been abandoned. So, they were obviously, uh, you know, going to rile like the West Brom people. But I, 
I like this Neil Warnock. This this is kind of Neil Warnock we've got now. Where I don't think this would have happened ten years ago, Matt. But I just think he does that that stage in his like magic career. Let let's go for it. And he, and he says it all in his press conference. You know, we'll ask them a question. We'll give them a game. We'll you know we'll have a go and stuff. And and his words are backed up with how we kind of attack. I think now and that as well. We are bombing forward and people are you know, gambling and stuff. And if I were to play at Othersfield Town now, I'd be really chuffed me because I'd be wanting to, right, I want to, I want to take a gamble. I want, and yeah, unfortunately, it cost, it's cost us a couple of times on the counter, but we'll score goals this year where before, like we'd have probably kept someone back or a couple back and it'll be forgotten about. But I, I think this approach is a good approach, mate. I think as well, just on that, Cosy, it's, it is exciting to watch. Saturday's game was actually a really good game and Huddersfield Town played more than their part in that game. You Like say, they're on the front foot, they're getting forward. Okay, the goal they conceded is disappointing because they've conceded a goal, but it came from them being in around West Brom's penalty area. They're not, they're not sitting back and defending that one goal lead. They're trying to get a second goal. And, you know, on another day, the West Brom player, whoever it was, doesn't get his touch on the ball and they don't On another clear day. It. Go on, on Fotheringham. There he is. Another, well, exactly. He's back. Fotheringham bingo. Um, but, but, Listen. But the point being is, is is at least they're being positive, you know. And, and like I say, it wasn't a smash and grab, was it, at the weekend? It was, no. we walked, you know, town deserved those three points so much. They... Played the part in making it entertaining. At 1-0, they were trying for the second. At 1-1, as you say, they weren't deterred. They went up the other end and, and won a corner. And, and let's not forget, just before Jack Radoni's winner, big save from Lee Nichols. You know, other teams in that position might consolidate. They might try and keep the ball in the court. It was straight back forward and yeah. out to Kean Harrett on that yeah, left-hand yeah, side. Yeah. So it, it's it's exciting to watch, which, which of course, is only a good thing. Yeah. I thought we did a good job on a guy, Matt, who's always been a scourge of us over the years, Matt Phillips. I thought we did. I thought that's the best I've ever seen us do on him. He's, every time he played against us, he's caused us absolute mountains of problems. But we kept him quiet by and large, and that as well. I, I never felt threatened by them as much. You know, John Swift were probably their best player. He's a good player, didn't he, in the middle of the park? But yeah, just. I was still thinking, can we get another chance? You know, at one-one. You know, can, can we still go on? When it, I want thinking. Because yeah, they're again, they're coming. Oh, it'd be a good point. They'd be delighted with the point. But we weren't messing about. We weren't taking ages for throw-ins and this, that, and the other. We, it didn't look like a team to me that were just like shutting up shops. So yeah, you always think you're going to get another chance. But and to be fair, Albion obviously didn't want to draw neither as well. So they, so it, like you said, Lou, it was such a a good game. And I think most of our games this year have been entertaining. And uh, again, it doesn't fit the Warnock stereotype, mate. No, it was great, wasn't it? So. I was just about to come to the come to the crescendo as well, and Louis up in the in the gantry. You know, he's back from the toilet. Oh, and... Matt! Yeah, <laughs> go on, Ben mate. Wild, mate. Ben Wilds. I've got him at the end, mate. Oh, we'll the end. Sorry, go on, mate. Yeah. Let's we'll get the ball we'll in. We'll talk man. about Ben Wilds yeah. at the end, but you know, Louis, Louis there with uh, with Mr. Glennon and and Oggy. Um, you're in the cricket room. I'm at <laughs> I'm in Scotland trying to get the stuff on my phone, and all of a sudden. You know, they, they come forward. It looks like West Brom are going to game. And I think at this point, they might have probably looked the most likely to do so. I think it's probably fair to say. Uh, Lee Nichols makes a big save, redeeming himself for, you know, the previous week against Norwich, which is which is great to see. The ball goes forward. Kean Harrett makes a really good... You know, it's Josh Caroma who comes inside, doesn't he, and plays a quite a clever ball to Kean Harrett. And Kean Harrett... Does really well here. I know he's not exactly marked, is he? You know, and he's not under a lot of pressure, but he looks up 
you know, he could have flashed something across goal, something, you know, which get which gets the crowd on the feet and doesn't really achieve anything. But he doesn't. He looks up, does Kean Harrett, and he sees Jack Radoni with his arm up at the far post, and it's a really good ball from Harrett. And, you know, Jack Radoni takes that really well and a thoroughly deserving winner for Huddersfield Town. And, and like Louis said, a thoroughly deserving player to get that as well. Um, first win of the season, happy days. The cricket room goes wild. A little part of Scotland goes crazy. And, and Louis is going mad in the gantry with <laughs> Mr. Glennon. But great moment, isn't it? Because that's Huddersfield Town don't get a lot of 96-minute winners, do we? we? We're not one of those teams that kind of does that. So it, it, was, it, was, it was a really good moment. Really good moment. Yeah, it was... Obviously, with professional standards, you know, you, however much you, you're dying on the inside to stand up and go crazy and run down the gantry, I, I just sat there with a beaming smile on my face. I mean, having Oggy's commentary in my ears, what a, what a joy that was. I mean, he really captured the moment. I mean, and, and I would say working with Oggy is one of the best parts of the job. You get so much from him. Um, but it, it was just, as you say, because, I mean, I'll hold my hands up, you know, just before Lee Nichols makes that save, I think, here we go again. He makes the save. And it, and it, Kean Harrett had just put one into a side net in a few minutes before and, and he gets the ball and you were right. He, he just had that little think, that little look up. And it almost feels, Matt, you know, when certain goals happen in slow motion and it was the way that he just hung that ball across the penalty area and as Radoni took it down you're thinking hold on a minute this is gonna if he gets this right and he hit it and it, like I say it's like slow motion like hold on this is going in this this is going in and it went in you hear the the pandemonium behind the goal and Radoni running off and them all running off and as I say I just sat there with the biggest grin on my face um, and of course we're on until six o'clock so a bit of time between full time and, and going off air for us and we just said when we came off air that that's up there. That that's you, you know I've I've done this job for a very short amount of time, but that if not going straight in at number one is easily in the top three of games I've covered um, across all our teams that we cover at BBC Radio Leeds. It was just Don't an absolute joy. Don't it was just an absolute. <laughs> it was an an absolute joy to behold and to be there and to share the moment with everyone. It, I'll remember it for a very very long time. Oh, it was a massive win, though. Especially, I always think with international break, I know that, you know, it could be said, oh, you know, uh, we want another game next week. But I just think with the start that we had, and obviously we're going to come on to the, the, the carry-on in, in the press conference and, and, the, and the window, just to fester on that, you know, especially if, if that goes the other way, Nickel misses it and it's, we get beat. But it's just, it just lifts everyone, does that, mate? It's a huge win. And mm-hmm. it just, again, proves, I mean, there was some wild, scores in the division this weekend, weren't there, and that as well. Obviously, because everyone thought Rotherham were going to beat Norwich after how bad Norwich were at Uddersfield last week. But <laughs> but it, is, it just gives everyone a lift. It, it gives everyone, you know, everyone will be up for the Rotherham game. And it's just, yeah, I think a point, I think we're all said and done with would be sat here, you know, with a 1-1, we'd have probably said, yeah, but but we still haven't got that monkey off our back with our win. But to, to get the win, and like you said, Louis, you described it beautifully there, mate, and some beautiful footage of some of them fans. Like uh, I think I saw one trip down the steps, like trying to get to the bottom. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, honestly just football. It's just uh, just when you win, it's just brilliant. Isn't it? it's, it's funny what it does. <laughs> I, I think yeah. Matt actually, because I asked Matt that question, it's it, it's almost a bit of a cliche, is it? Oh, you've just won. Do we really want the international break, or if you've just lost, or whatever it may be? And and Matt said, no. Do you know what? It's good the international breaks here now because. It's been a tough run of games. 
There's no getting away from that to start the season. Uh, they've worked so hard. So actually to go into the international break, as you say, Cosy, on that high, have a bit of time off because we know what Neil's like. He looks after his players, whether some fans like to hear it or not. They might have a bit of time off and then they'll come back, back in training, refreshed. Hopefully Tom Lees will be back. He said that. He might be back after the international break. And and just to to almost restart, but restart on that high, it's, uh, yeah, a really good way to sign off those first five games. And I think after Plymouth, when you looked at who was next, saying we're going to have four points going into the international break. It, it's not the worst return in the world, is it? We've played well, though, haven't we? I mean, that, that Norwich game may be lesser extent, but obviously the quality of the opposition. But the other games, I think we've played well. It's just them errors. There have been some shocking errors, haven't there? That's cost us goals. But if you'd have told me how we would have played in, in these opening games to to have them points, I'd have been a bit disappointed, really, because there's times where they just think, you know, this looks a team that, to me, should be comfy mid-table. But... Obviously, we're all a bit worried. And yeah, that, like you say, it's just going to give us such a boost. It's Rotherham game is going to be a cracker. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's have a look at a couple of comments and then we'll go to uh, the West Brom side of things. So um, so thanks to everybody uh, messaging online, which is really great. So we'll start with El Bubio. Great name. It says, speaking of Harrett, how long until he gets a starting chance? I'm not a Danny Ward hater like some, but he hasn't been great recently and feels someone else deserves a chance. I mean, Danny Ward does a very underrated job for Huddersfield Town. He was great at the end of last season when he came back. He was great the previous season. Um, but he does have moments where he doesn't quite look fully fit or fully at it. Um, is this is now one of those occasions? Probably, yes. Um, he's not looking quite as sharp as maybe as what he did at the end of last season. What that's down to, I'm not sure. You can speculate whether that's an injury or a loss of form or what, what not, whatever. Does Kean Harrett deserve a chance? Possibly. Um, but Danny Ward is experienced. Danny Ward knows how to uh, lead the line, win games. Uh, Kean Harrett's learning. Uh, I think you just pick your games, Louis, for this, don't you? I mean, Rotherham, when you possibly, I know it's all early in the season, but you look at this and you think, mm, this is one way you don't really want to lose. And you probably err mm-hmm. on the side of caution with a an experienced player like Danny Ward, don't you? Or, or do you just think, do you know what, caution to the wind, let's throw in. And I, th- I think given the, I think given the game, as you say with Rotherham, it's it's you look at one of those games, you don't want to lose that, especially at home this early on. Um, I, I I can see him sticking with Danny, um, and I think you're right, Matt. He he does so much for the team, Danny, in, in that top line. I think ultimately, unfortunately, strikers are always going to be judged on goals, and if your centre forward isn't scoring, some are going to question that. Um, it goes back to, and we spoke about it in the preview, didn't we? It's almost like trusting Warnock. If, if he, and I know he's got his favorite, well, some people say he's got his favorites. Um, but if he feels he's the best man for the job, then let's just see how it goes. Because, you know, with Berg's all firing, hopefully Rodoni keeps chipping away at this target of 10 goals. Of course, we need Danny to, to start chipping in as well. But he does bring a lot to the team. Saying all of that, it doesn't mean that Kean Harrett doesn't deserve a start in place. Um, I think he looked good in the Middlesbrough Cup game despite the defeat. And when he has come on this season, i.e. his assist on Saturday, he maybe could have made a better decision when he hit the side netting a few minutes before. Um, I think back to Watford last season 
Um, he's hungry. Um, when he was over at Bradford last season, I spoke to him a couple of times. Like like any striker, he wants to score as many goals and and get those chances that that so many crave. So I don't see why he shouldn't have a start. I just can't see. I can't see it happening for the Rotherham game. I think I think you bob on that. I think uh, it'll be more in erring on the side of caution and, and sticking with what he knows for that game. I think the thing is as well, Matt. It's like. Obviously, he's got a contract extension. So, what and Warnock loves him. You've, you've only got to look at the interviews and the fact he's got that extension that, uh, you know, speaks for itself. But the thing is, we're never going to play two up front. But I think Alex's got to look at it as positive. He's, he's kind of seen Jordan Rhodes out of the uh, out of the door. He's the next cab off the rank, as they say, you know. And, and he is, I don't know, this thing, it's frustrating, but it's, it's kind of bad his time. He, he's made a lot of progress at Uddersfield Town. He wanted. He, I don't even want to say that club uh, that Lewis sometimes commentates on, but he was there out in no man's land and obviously out in a bit of shame, really. So he's come to to get where he's he's got to in a, in a short space of time. I think, yeah, he's he's keen and I love his attitude as well. You can just tell by his social media, he's yeah. the guy. I can imagine if we film in training tomorrow. I mean, he's, again, Warnock have said this. He's, I bet if Kieran Harris uh, is there, he's he's probably running harder, faster, longer than everyone else. All of a sudden, it's become an exciting prospect, Matt. And uh, yeah, let, and, and again, the fans love love homegrown prospects. So yeah, just just be patient. But you just can't second guess Warnock's uh, selection. So nothing is surprising. He's probably going to be in, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He'll probably be in next time. But uh, let's let's whiz through some of these. Uh, Johnny Gog says, uh, "Evening yesterday felt a lot like two games to me. Oddly, both versus Stoke, Bakuna one nil in the Cowley season, and three one last season, the False Dawn under Schofield." Which will it go? Which way will it go after the break? Uh, Gary Wilkinson says, "Reading anything into Sauber not being in the squad, arguing with himself in an empty room." Well, Sauber can do that. Uh, I believe Louis uh, Sauber had a knock, didn't he? Uh, had a small injury, which is why he wasn't um, wasn't picked. And yeah, uh, that that that's what we were told afterwards. So you know, fingers crossed, he's back after the international break. I don't think there's much more really to say on it. A, a surprise when we saw the team sheet. Um, and and the three of us said in in the pre match, obviously we didn't know the facts. He didn't mention anything in the press conference on Thursday. Did Neil Warnock? But we said it's surely got to be a knock of some sort for him not to be included. So fingers crossed, he's back after the international break. Stuart Barraclough, uh, there's a song here, Cosy. I don't know if you want to sing it, but it says he's a star man. Yeah, he plays blue and white. His name is Jack Redoni, and he is something dynamite. It's not like bad <laughs> to swear, but yeah, to be fair, he covered his uh, he covered it up with an up scotch or whatever it is. I don't know what they call them things. But yeah, Christian Kudarenko says, I think you need to send Cosy an agenda for the Ooh. pod so he's not skipping forward. Christian, <laughs> there is no shackling the bear. I promise you, we send him. Send him them every oh, week, although I didn't do this week, him, to be fair. Him with care. Christian, you can't, with care, mate. You, you can't respect, shackle Cozzy. He cannot be tamed. Jason um, Shackle, you remember him? <laughs> I do remember <laughs> Jason Shackle. He was decent. Uh, giraffe. I've got a friend called Simon who's, who looks like a giraffe, but it's like a mini version of last season. Lose, draw, most of the games then end on a delirious high before the break. Question is, how do we achieve consistency? Uh, well, <laughs> how do we achieve consistency? I think usually a consistent team selection, lack of injuries and a little bit of momentum. And hopefully that's something <laughs> that we can get after the break. Um, but Huddersfield Town have good players, but they are inconsistent players. So I think you just need to strap yourself in, Giraffe. And uh, this is what it's going to be like this season. Um, let's have a look at what Cannon says. I think fans need to forget about the start as we have had the hardest start. Plymouth newly promoted. No one really knows what their weakness is. Uh, Leicester and Norwich, two teams that want promotion. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair point. It's been a very difficult start, um, but the West Brom win 
definitely puts Huddersfield back in the mix, which is fantastic. So I think you've heard enough from us for the moment. So I think what I will do is I spoke to Chris Hall from Albion Analysis, and this is what he had to say from the West Brom side of uh, the game on Saturday. Chris Hall here from the Albion Analysis podcast, uh, looking back on Albion 1, Huddersfield 2. I mean, really, um, Huddersfield deserved the three points over, over the course of the game. The, the irony and the kicker for Albion really is that, is that we lost the game at the one point in the match where we were we were significantly on top. Um, it was the latter stages of the game. To be honest, our equaliser at the time was an absolute smash and grab of an effort because we hadn't done anything to deserve being on terms. But from that point on... We 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 were the better side. We were the one who looked more likely to win it. So to lose it in the way that we did is a bit of a killer. It's also a bit of a killer from our point of view. You know, I'm sure Huddersfield would look at their two goals as good goals, but we, we have to look at them from the point of view of our goalkeeper shouldn't get beat at his near post twice. So it's a bit of a sickener from that point of view. But you do have to look at the game as a full 90 minutes and say for 45 Warnock completely had Corbrand's number. We changed it a little bit at half time. It didn't make a massive difference until the goal. But after the goal, we were we were the better side. Um, but as I say, games are ninety minutes long. Huddersfield got the got their noses in front. They also were extremely disciplined. Um, uh, we, we have got a problem in the sense that we haven't got a naturalised number nine. We certainly haven't got a big physical number nine. You knew that, so you let us have the ball in wide areas where we didn't want to have it because we didn't want to cross the ball into the middle. And you squeezed the the, the centre of the park. Your players were extremely di- disciplined in doing what, uh, what Warner could ask of them. And just all credit to you. I just thought it was a, it was, it was a very, very good away performance would 1-1 one, one have probably been a fair result over the 90 yeah probably and you look at the xg it reflects that 1.0 to us 0.8 to to you so 1-1 one, one probably would have been a fair result and that's probably reflecting the fact that Maja has a great chance just before you go up the other end and score it so easily could have been 2-1 to us as it was 2-1 to you but as a team coming away from home to a side like us who've got an unbelievable home record had won their their last two at home scoring seven goals to nullify us for large parts of the game like you did i thought showed incredible discipline um as a as a side and um you, as i say boster's first half didn't second but you know you've smashed and grabbed us at the end and fair play to you like i say over the 90 probably deserved it to uh, Chris, Chris is one of the good ones um, from Albion Analysis. They're good um, West Brom fans. I like them. They're always yeah, good, good fans, bunch. Are they? they always are. I'm always, always, always disappointed though when they don't have the accent because when you know he's got oh, quite a nice neutral <laughs> yeah. accent there. And I wanted him to go. Well, oh, I just wished and grab that one. You did to us, but you know they didn't, didn't really have the accent. Yeah, Matt. Really. On a side note, I remember last season. There was, some people were saying it'd be good to, maybe to go down and regroup. I've got Cambridge and Reading on in the oh. background. I will tell you oh, what, no, 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 there no, was no. never. It, just anyone who thinks it'd be a good idea go to League One, put some of this on your telly. It's dross. Mm-hmm. I've got I'm a message. I've got a message in WhatsApp, mate, from Josh Phillips, and it says, "Just watching Cambridge versus Reading. Thank f we didn't go down." So yeah. he's, he's very much of the same <laughs> uh, same mindset yeah. as you. And I thought I thought it was absolutely crazy oh. talk about resetting in League One. Nothing but 
slow death awaits in League One, and I do not like that division. <laughs> uh, right, speak to me about Ben Wiles. Hey. Uh, I was you know very what? excited oh. about Ben Wiles signing. I've he's a player I've liked for quite a while. Uh, energetic, drives forward. Does he complement or replace Ridoni? Good question to ask. Um, good debut. Um, Rotherham fans were quite salty, weren't they, in, in some respects about him, you know, not fulfilled his potential and all this. And um, we had Matt Luxon, who gave a fairly decent um, reflection from a Rotherham side. Um, I think they expected him to sort of go to the moon and, and he didn't. And, you know, <laughs> these things kind of happen, don't they, in football? But guys, talk to me about Ben Wiles. Yeah, I, I did that uh, thing that I do on a Thursday with the, the other Yorkshire uh, fans, and the, and the Rotherham guy was—he was all over Ben Wiles. Loved him. Uh, said, yeah, right same guy, Matt. Yeah. You know what, Matt? You just look at some players. I just think there's a presence there. I really loved what you just, without him really kicking the ball, you just look at his kind of build, his demeanour, and the kind of way he runs around the pitch. And he just, to me, yeah, he's kind of some authority there. You know, I love I love the fact he was trying to like pop off a shot, you know, and and get forward as well. He looks like he's got a good engine. I don't know, he just looked a good player to me. To me, and, and again, I I like the fact that he's wanted. To, he's, he's purely Neil Warnock sells this. I'm sure there were other clubs that must have been in for him. Obviously, we know about you know Burnley last year, but he, yeah, he excites me, mate. And yeah, you just don't know, do you? Some play, people have been at a club for how many years were there? Because they came through, obviously, through the academy and everything. There's a double-digit years. But sometimes a, a change can like bring, you know, can kind of kick him on again and that as well. The fact that he's just up the M1 so he's not going to have to move out or anything like that as well. I, and, and a bit of point to prove. I don't. I know it's, it might just be weird, Matt, and just stereotype, but some of the stuff that he was doing, like with, the, with the, you know, the photos and stuff, like, you know, did you see that thing when he were at the top of the... Uh, I forgot his cause that many sponsors. I've caught in the North Stand, but it looked like he was in a wheelchair, know. didn't he? On, on one of the yeah, shots, it, it was just a really a bit arrogant to me, Matt. Just, just, just uh, here I am, kind of thing. And again, I could be reading this totally wrong, but I like that. I just think for far too long, obviously, Jonathan Ogg has been brilliant, but that steal that we've not had in the midfield department, yeah, we all well, I say we all, I wanted to see kind of a ball playing midfielder. Who knows, he might turn out to be that man, but yeah, we're really impressed and limited, obviously, time on the training field. Might might need to get a little bit fit too, but I just thought, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. I think as well. I think a big thing is you maybe touched right there, Cosy, of what maybe Town have missed in recent years. He looked like a presence. He felt like a presence in that midfield, and maybe we haven't been able to say that a lot about Town teams over the last couple of years. Um, energetic, strong, and and a little bit arrogant and aggressive. And I think, especially under Neil Warnock, that's exactly the kind of player you want. He was, I mean, like like the whole of the eleven and and the guys who came on in the second half. They front footed, wanting to get the ball forward, asking for the ball at times when he wasn't in possession. Um, similar to what we said about Bergsorg, maybe they've unearthed someone who's who's going to go on and have a really good career. Because I, th- I think you're right. A long time. It's a long time. He was at Rotherham. Maybe a a change of club and a change of scenery will, will do him really good. As as we've touched on the Rotherham fans, I don't think we're too best pleased that they, they've seen him go. Um, but obviously, whatever their loss is, is for this field town's gain. I think for a debut, he uh, he looks solid. He just looks solid. I think I think arrogant and then an aggressive is a, is a good way to describe that performance. He, for me, to say he'd only been in the building for just over a week, he felt like he slotted into that 
team quite comfortably. It felt like um, he had no issues, you know, with confidence. You know, occasionally you, ha- you have those signings, don't you? You almost feel they have to take a few games to warm up. It felt like he'd been part of that team since the start of the season. So really promising signs, actually, with uh, with both him and, and Bergsorg. Let's see what you're saying in the live chat. So Tony Bailey says, I disagree with the West Brom chap. I don't think they were on top. They had periods. I thought it was even. I think 2-1 was a fair result. He says, Ben Wiles has completely changed our midfield. Your mate's back, uh, Cozy Bear, Baz. He says, Ben Wiles is going to help us get the best out of Radoni. Uh, Chris Green says, Ben Wiles is a positive acquisition. I know Rotherham fans had positive things to say about him. He'll probably be a success. Uh, Johnny Goggs says, his energetic and intelligent performance from him. He will only benefit from the break. And Chris Green again says, uh, a positive acquisition. Yeah, he's, he's just correcting a couple of spelling mistakes. But yeah, Chris is spot on. Uh, positive acquisition. Uh, it all looks very good uh, in terms of that. We'll have a look at uh, the transfer window in general in a couple of minutes. But what we'll do first is it's going to be the away day log. So every every uh, away game, I've set up um, an audio log. So I am begging people to do it at the minute. So if you want to do the audio log, please get in touch with us on the socials at Takes That Chance or Email me if you want at matt.takesthatchance.com. But this week, we have a, a special one. We have got uh, PDC Professional Darts as own. Josh Phillips uh, went down to or went up to West Brom, uh, and he's given us this lovely little log from West from the Hawthorns. Good afternoon from a very sunny West Bromwich. Certainly short and T-shirts weather in the Midlands today. Had a pretty smooth drive down, past a couple of Bradford fans on the way. Don't know where they're off to, probably Kidderminster or something like that. Uh, and then got chatting to a few West Brom fans in the in a pub not far from the ground. They're pretty confident of a win today, as you'd expect. But, you know, they're a friendly lot. A couple of them asked about Pippa and what, what they can expect. Um, they're expecting to be a, a starter for them, which is quite interesting. But, yeah... Um, outside the ground now not sure what to expect today if you offer me a point I'd obviously take it right now interesting team selection Sorber and Tom Edwards out of the squad completely and uh, they're not injured or anything according to the, the club's Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cosy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Article, so interesting to see what's going on there. Presumably Kasuma is going to play right back, but we will see how we line up. Um, yes, yeah, a bit of negativity floating around at the moment, I suppose. Um, and this game is a big one, really, with 
a two-week international break coming up. Um, if we lose today, it's going to be two weeks of even more doom and gloom. So here's hoping we can somehow get a result up the town. Half time, town 1 0 up. I've got Danny Smith with me. What's your what are your thoughts on that first half? Yeah, I think we're playing well to be honest with Josh. Um, I expected a lot more from West Brom, to be fair with you. I thought Carlos, especially the first 15 minutes, he normally goes for it, but he sort of sat back. We had a don't get me wrong, it's been close, but yeah, they've looked short of ideas to be fair, haven't they? Yeah, and, uh, after, after we went 1-0 up, I thought we panicked a little bit. So, hopefully second half, yeah, calm it down it. and think see out 1-0 or go for a second. I think one, if we have to just sit back now, press the game, hopefully it'll be 1-0, that's it. But I'll take a point now, Josh. Yeah, you still take a point now, yeah? Yeah, yeah I think I probably would to be fair. We've got a strong bench, haven't we? This is it. And, uh, it's it's bloody hot up there, isn't it? Bloody hot. 1-1. <laughs> <laughs> Very disappointing, just as Sam was looking to get a second, hit on the counter. Oh, so annoying. Absolute scenes in the away end. Jack Rodone, what a boy. Get in there. Who needs a striker anyway? After a tough week for the club, with all the transfers or lack of, today was just what we needed. Absolutely massive win. And we, I think we really deserved it. Um, not, not only for today, but I think we've had good spells in matches this season. The effort's been there. I don't think we would have deserved, really, to be rock bottom on one point going into this international break. So I think the players really deserved that win. Um, it looked like in injury time... It looked like we might lose it. There was that big chance. I think it was a one-on-one. -on -one. It's difficult to tell from so far away, but it looked like they were going to score um, from where I was, and it really would have been undeserved. I think. I think West Brom. They looked pretty ponderous, and they just relied on the players that have got up there to hurt us, which they did for the for the equaliser. But as a whole, I, I've, I thought they were pretty poor and there for the taking, um, and we took them. So happy days. And um, pleased for Rodoni as well to get the winner. He had that one ruled out in the first half. Difficult to tell from where we were um, if that was justified or not. And then uh, he had the, the skied over the bar in the second half. And thankfully for him, I think he was offside. Um, but for a, a player who's, you know, he's been criticised for falling to pieces in the box, um, he showed great composure uh, to slot that one in. An absolute scenes in the away end. Uh, on the back of that, um, incredible. In fact, the fans fans were fantastic today. I uh, don't know how many there were, but it looked pretty full from where I was. Um, players who came off the bench as well, Harrit made real impact. Uh, obviously, set up the goal. Karoma, uh, you know, got players like him to bring off the bench. Um, they was going to be cause problems late in the game. And uh, good to see Nakayama back out there as well. I thought in the uh, 20 minutes or so he had I thought he showed some really good touches and looked composed but for me the pleasing thing today was not just the, the fact that we won it was the way we won 
I thought we really took it to them, um, to West Brom, and we were full value for the win, in my opinion. It wasn't just a smash and grab win. I thought we really went for it. We went for the win. We didn't settle for the draw. Um, so, yeah, absolutely buzzing. I'm going to set off home now, bat my way through this traffic, and then celebrate with the crew in a few beers up the town. And there we go. That's what it was like live in the ground with our correspondent, Josh Phillips. And like I said, if you swear, did it? It didn't swear. (laughs) I I haven't listened to that. I haven't listened to that properly the whole way through. And I was slightly worried that he might have dropped a couple of a couple of things in there. Um, But he didn't. Louis having issues by the looks of it. Can we get Louis back in here? Let's get Louis back coming in. back. It's good, Matt, though, isn't it? Though, like, obviously, when you're at the game, I think sometimes you can see it totally different to, uh, you know, when you're watching on TV or, or what have you. But the fact, I totally agree with Josh. There, we deserve to win and that as well. And you know, and and the other guy who commented just before the uh, the, inch, the kind of the break and that as well for that. Yeah, I mean, I, they were on top, but were they creating a right lot? They had a lot of the ball, but. Yeah, thoroughly uh, a good win in that as well, and looked like a few had gone down as well. But talking about going down, looks like Lewis. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what? I've sent a link, haven't I? On, and I think he's using his phone, and I think the links are probably um, taking him away from Streamyard. That's probably my fault. I've had to kick him out um, so he can come back in. But here he is. Look. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about hey, that. You've moved Some on time, left Louis, now, isn't Changing it's his right. formation here. I'm in middle now. <laughs> Up front. We've done a warning. <laughs> Yeah. by surprise it's alright Louis that was my fault because I sent that link didn't I which someone's just posted uh, Kean Harrett's dad in the, the away end at Huddersfield celebrating and giving it to the West Brom fans if it is Kean Harrett's dad but it's your farm is one of my uh, favourite grounds to visit easily I love the was in a minute a proper you know it was great anyway mm. I've always liked it there and uh, it's a proper ground that and obviously even better when you've won and that as well but it's uh, yeah everything you're right near the action you're right near the pitch and stuff decent supporters Good boozers round it. Yeah, I have a lot of time for West Brom. Right, lads, we need to move this on because we are going to go way over our a lot of time. But as we're a <laughs> podcast, we can do what we like. We're not we're not bound by uh, boundaries, are we? Right, let's move on. So the press conference this week um, was interesting to say the least. Um, Kevin Nagel, he did. Kevin Nagel has said in the past that he may put his foot in his mouth a couple of times with um, with some tweets. And potentially he did. We we covered that last week, so we don't need to go over that again. Um, and then Neil Warnock dropped this into the press conference, and we we talk about Neil Warnock a lot. We've seen Neil Warnock operate for you know thirty years. We we know what he's like. We know how he uses and situations to to try and manipulate not not necessarily manipulate people, but manipulate situations to um, to bring certain things to light and to sort of move things along. Um, but he he said, and I'll, I'll quote from the press conference, it's been brought to my attention, Kevin's comments, that he was disappointed with that result on Saturday. But what disappoints me is getting the papers on a Sunday and seeing that of the four targets we had this summer, one has made a goal for a team smaller than us, another two have scored, and the other has got star man. When I see things like that, because we couldn't afford those players, it disappoints me, because I feel there's four or five players there that we could have worked on but I didn't realise that my budget included the players that we re-signed. I mean, Neil Warnock can be 
I'm not calling Neil Warnock a liar or anything, but he, sometimes he can be a little bit economic, economical, can't he, with, with some things. I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have had an inkling um, <laughs> of things. If he didn't, it's surprising. Um, but it just feels to me like this is one of those typical Neil Warnock situations where he said this knowing that it may just give a jolt to the right sort of people. And I know us as fans are on the outside of the circle again. And we all think, oh, shit, Neil Warnock's panicking here. He's going to quit. He's going to walk, you know. And there's a lot of talk about that. But really, when I sort of look at it and I sort of analyse it, I just kind of think, yeah, this is this is standard Neil Warnock. This He's just trying to give someone a kick up the backside in the, in the background. And it's kind of playing out in public. And we're not on the inside. And it just like sort of <coughs> Warnock shenanigans to me. Um, Louis, I'm not sure how you saw it. I, I think... You've hit the nail on the head that it is just classic Warnock shenanigans. I think he, out of all the managers in the 92 professional football clubs, if your owner's going to tweet about, I don't like the fact we got thumped by Norwich, there's going to be one manager who's going to bite back at that, and that's Neil Warnock, isn't it? Um, what was interesting is the media guys said, right, thanks, everyone, thanks for your time, like they always do at the end of the press conference. And he said, can I just say, um, and it, you feel he he was always going to say that, wasn't he? Well, the cameras were still rolling and well, the mics were still on. Um, and I think it's maybe, and again, this is pure speculation, he's maybe just reminding those who are having comments and things like that, that he's been around the block more times than we can remember. He's very experienced and he's been put in there to do the job and let him get on with the job. I mean, I suppose it's like in any walk of life, you don't really want your boss uh, publicly airing what they think of your performance, um, which is what some may have perceived Kevin Nagel to have done after the Norwich game. So I think it is Warnock's shenanigans. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't have any effect. I mean, if it has had any effect, it was a positive one on Saturday, wasn't it? Um, look, you understand fans are, are, are going to talk and, and question and think, oh, is this him teeing up a, a walkout or a, or a big fallout? You totally understand that in football, don't you? But... I think Neil Warnock's too experienced to to have said that off the cuff and to to get himself in hot water. I, you kind of laugh about it, but you like to think he knew exactly what he was doing. Goz? Yeah, just uh, obviously with a bit of uh, a dynamite, wasn't it, when uh, when that came out? And when you, he was quite a sombre. Uh, I think about eighteen minutes of his press conference as well uh, on there. And really <coughs> downbeat, and I think Catherine, who were doing it for your uh, station, Louis, were uh, she were like chirpy once. She was, I was coming in, Neil. I don't think we're gonna. And it's like ooh, boom, and that set the tone for the whole uh, press conference really as well. But it was quite funny because Dave Fairfall Sykes were trying to end it, and then it's like just a minute. So, like I say, it was a message there, and a lot of people did say, didn't they, that. Obviously, I said at the start, I don't think anyone's coming in. A lot of people interpret it as, as kind of a, a rocket to the uh, recruitment team, but no one did did come in at the end as, as well. And uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I just I just think we needed that win on Saturday for a lot of reasons, and for Neil Warnock as well. But yeah, it was just a bizarre thing there when you when you're not knowing your budget, you know, doesn't include uh, or includes people that you've re-signed and that as well for someone who's been in the game for so long. Yeah. But again, it just shows, doesn't it? Just a win changes changes everything as well, or or does it? But yeah, it is, it is still disappointing. I don't know if we're going to review the window. Or just are you moving on to the window, Matt? Or just yes, I have a, a little. I know, do I have a monologue? I, I tend to monologue a lot, don't I? But um, I have. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I do have a monologue on the window. But um, 
you want me to get? Do you want me to kick it off and we'll we'll discuss it? Yeah, just overall, man. I just can't lie. A bit I'm just disappointed, really, that we couldn't get a, t- a striker in. I think it's very disappointing. It's putting a lot of pressure on Kian. There's no one where we needed a different style of striker to me as well. And I think if you if you could have got that one in, maybe you could play two up top as well. But I just look at who we've got, and I just can't. We're just always going to have to be one one up there, really, right. and that's as well. But yeah, disappointing. I'll, obviously, um, the outs will take about another twenty minutes. Won't they, Matt? Uh, let me let me kick it off. So, everyone listening online, if you want to let us know your thoughts on the window and what we'll do as usual, is we will read the best ones out, or probably all of them, because there's you know 46 of you watching. I'm sure we can squeeze most of these in. Um, but yeah, so since the end of last season, Town have shed around 35 players um, from the first team and the B team and 19. So it's across across the board. So it's not just first team players. Uh, some would say well done on trimming the fat, etc. But when you only bring in four, um, Maxwell, Wilds, Bergsorg and Edwards and fail your state admission all summer of getting a striker, it's very easy to understand why there are a lot of concerned fans and a lot of fingers are pointing towards Kevin Nagel, a uh, real lack of money, although he has explained you know, the FFI issues surrounding that. Uh, there are fingers pointing at Mark Cartwright. Uh, he made mention of a little black book, uh, which doesn't seem to have led anywhere or to anything. Um there's a breakdown of a striker, which Neil Warnock alluded to over uh, the weekend of the Norwich game, um, and a failure to get several targets in creates two questions, really, for fans who who aren't in uh, the inner circle. Is it a lack of money or finance? I know the FFI has been explained, but, you know, like I say, 35 players out. Um, is it a lack of ability in negotiating and finding players? Um, everyone is new in their role. Matt Cartwright's new. He's just through the door. Jake Edwards is new, just through the door. The scouting team have been cleared out, so there are obviously new scouts and new things coming in. It's going to take its time to be set up properly, so there are going to be teething problems. Uh, and there was a quick turnaround, like I say, but you'd have hoped that they could have at least turned up one striker. Um, Delano Bergsall can play there. He's not an out-and-out striker, um, but he can play there, and he played there well on Saturday. But when you let go... Jordan Rhodes is not going to lead the line for us. Neil Warnock doesn't really fancy him, but he's an experienced striker. If Danny Ward gets injured, you've got an experienced striker to fall back on. Um, he's let go of Tyree Simpson. Kieran Phillips is gone. Um, and when, you, when, when those three went out, you kind of thought, all oh, right, they must have somebody to bring in. And it feels, I know the win at the weekend is probably like Cosy alluded to it, it's probably changed the the temperature of, of the fans' feeling. But I still feel like this window has been a little bit of a disaster in terms of the forward positionings. I like Ben Wiles a lot. I think that's a great signing. Um, goalkeepers, I still don't think letting Bilokovic go was a good move. I really think that's a bad move. Um, in the short term, Maxwell's fine. In the long term, I like, I, I'm a Bilokovic fan. I, I, I see a lot of potential in him. If he doesn't go on to do anything, fair enough, I'm wrong. But I, I do think Bilokovic has the ability to, to go on and, and command a lot of money and um, maybe we'll buy him back. Who knows? Um, Tom Edwards has come in. Um, I'm not a big fan. If I think he's okay. I, I like him on the ball. I think he's quite a nice footballer. Uh, he hits some really good diagonals. He can put decent balls into the box. But he's slow. He's very, very slow and We've seen a number of occasions whereby he's, he fails to get close to the winger, which uh, is Cosy's pet hate, isn't it? Uh, fullbacks not blocking crosses. Um, but he's okay. He's Tom Edwards. He's okay. I, c- I can understand that. You know, Ollie Turton will hopefully come back quite soon and then they'll both compete. Um, 
Left back's fine. Ruffles, Headley, Jackson, that's all fine. Centre backs are fine, lacks a little bit of pace, but generally they did well last year. Midfield, we still don't really have that passing midfield, but Ben Wiles is a great signing, so I'll I'll, I'll doff the cap to uh, to them on that one. I think Ben Wiles is a really good really good signing. I'm really pleased with that. Um, Brahima Diara needs a new contract. That's one thing that shouldn't be uh, people shouldn't let escape their eyeline as well. That's very important. Out wide, do we have any sort of reasonable backup for Sauber and Karoma if they're out of form? Pat Jones is a really exciting player. I really like Pat Jones, but does he does he stay fit long enough? Hopefully he does, touch wood. Um, Bergsaw can play wide, but if Bergsaw's playing wide, who's playing up front? Um, Danny Ward. Ian Harrett, great potential. I really like Ian Harrett. And then Kyle Hudlin, and you kind of look at that and you just think we're short especially if there are one or two injuries to to key players. And it's, it's a difficult window to swallow, is this. Uh, I know that financially issues have, have occurred. FFI, which is not FFP, um, in terms of you submit a budget. I think there's, there's a new process, isn't there now, where um, every football club in the championship has to submit a budget annually um, and it has to be accepted. Uh, so it's like a proposal and town submitted theirs, I think, in March. Um, and I'm not sure, I haven't quite got the, the exact story yet, but I'm not sure whether Kevin Nagel uh, and, uh, had time to submit a new one when it went through or whether they just went with the one that Dean Hoyle had done in March. So that, that's a little bit unclear at the minute, um, but that seems to be the main cause of the issue is that town essentially aren't able to spend a lot of money due to this um, FFI issue, which... You know, is why we've not gone out and thrown a couple of million at Jerry Yates or a couple of million at you know or, or whatever at Josh Madger who was. Matt, who was you know Junior Oilet's coming, mate. Junior Oilet, you know well, it. Well, that's mate. the next thing, isn't you it, mate? It. There's the uh, the, the, the new Camberley, mate. Are still there. The Free new are still there. Andre yeah. Gray has been mentioned on, on my timeline oh, several he's times. Still over. going. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's not not exactly um, ripped it up as he the last couple of years, but. It's a difficult one because on one hand, you sit there and you think, okay, everybody's new through the building. Everything was a really quick turnaround from buying the club, you know, from, from Dean Hoyle potentially putting the club into admin because of the, uh, we, we've, we've all seen the video, haven't we, in the White Rose Club where he said he wasn't happy with the deal with um, Kroll, who were the administrators of Pure. He didn't like uh, how he wanted to pay for the share back. So it was tempted to put us for an admin to get that back at, uh, at a different level. Uh, and then Kevin Nagel's come in and it's all quickly turned around and, you know, it's not a planned takeover as such. It's not something where they've meticulously gone and come through the books for a year and gone, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. So they've not really had chance to get the feet under the table completely. So I do sympathise at that level. But it leaves Huddersfield very short, Cosy, doesn't it, going into into sort of the, the period between now and Christmas. But the good news is that the FFI um, approvals, whatever you want to call it, can be amended at this period and it can be uh, increased. So town's budget can be increased for the January window. Um, it, so really, for me, it now feels like we need to target five, six wins maybe between now and Christmas. And if we get that, then we should be able to do the business in January to hopefully keepers in this division but you know we, we've seen the first 11 can compete with everyone in this league as well so you know we may get lucky with injury and, and stay relatively fit and we may you know may look back at this and go what were we talking about why were we so 
why were we so worried? But at now, I sit here and I kind of, I'm, I'm more of a worrier, uh, and I kind of sit here scratching my head, going, mm, I'm a little bit, a little bit concerned about this. Uh, I think because he's frozen, Louis, unless he's sat watching La Liga, he does <laughs> tend to go into that position when La Liga's on TV. But I'll throw this at you. Um, yeah, we've lost him by the looks of it. Yeah, we've lost him. I think he's that disgusted by the transfer window. He's just, <laughs> he's just hung up and, and gone. But um, I, I've got a lot of thoughts on that, and I'm not sure I've quite them over uh, in the way that I wanted to. Um, mm. I just, I just think I understand why we've not had the best window, and I'm trying to be fair to uh, to Kevin Nagel, Matt Cartwright, and Jake Edwards. Um, I think the other thing that came out from Radio Leeds is that Warnock was a little bit annoyed that Ben Wiles wasn't registered in time for the Norwich game as well, which kind of as well you, you kind of then start looking at them that side of things again, don't you? And kind of go, mm, that's not, not the best. What are your thoughts? I've, t- I've waffled so much there. That I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you so need to breathe. Yeah, I need that. to go. I need to take a drink and I need to let someone else talk. So I mean, no me wonder Cosy logged off. I know. He, said, he knew <laughs> what was coming. At. He heard the word monologue and thought, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Me. Um, I, I think it's, you're right. The, the, there's a, there's a few things I agree with you there. There, there was, there was one or two I'd, I disagreed with, Matt. I, I totally agree that, and I stand by actually what I said in the uh, season preview. I, I don't think this squad under Neil Warnock will get on a run like they did last season and, and be in trouble. I, I, I think what we've actually seen against the likes of Leicester and, and Middlesbrough and, and even in, in periods against Plymouth, albeit the scoreline was pretty poor on the day, Um I think this squad will be fine. Um, but I absolutely take the point that what happens if player X and then player Y and player Z gets injured, the, they, they do look a little bit short. Um, it's You can see why everyone wanted a striker. Um, and I understand, you know, some people will say, well, everyone in the division wants 20 goals. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's all relative, isn't it? To, to Huddersfield Town and it doesn't matter what 23 other teams want we want it um, you know could Kean Harrop be that man if Danny Ward's not going to play but then there's the argument he's still quite young um, he's still quite raw so I think yeah missing out on a striker I mean we heard from Neil Warnock didn't we he's absolutely gutted so you, yeah the frustration's absolutely there and rightly so Um Free agent market should probably be looked at, depending who's available. I know Junior Hoylett keeps getting mentioned. You mentioned earlier, Matt, Andre Gray's been released on a free. He's still a free agent. So, you know, why not have a look at these players, see what they can offer? I think I think maybe the one disappointment that people, aside from the striker, might think is, is not exploiting the loan market. I know Town, you know, they've had so much success Recently, you only have to think of Levi Colwell or Emil Smith Rowe or Shalabar, who came in uh, when the Cowleys were in charge. That they've had a bit of a knack for signing a decent player on loan from the Premier League. So maybe that could have been looked at. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs, the 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 financial structure. I think you're right to highlight they are all very new. Um, you, you say you're all so. Um... The, the Tom Cannon from Everton mm. thing was quite public, wasn't it? You know, um, it was posted by journalists. I was going to say reputable, but, you know, he does get a lot wrong, does Mr. Nixon from time to time. But uh, it was posted, wasn't it, to say that, you know, it was suggested, shall we say, that it was going to be a one million loan fee for the season and wages of between 15 and 20 grand. I can't quite remember where it was. 
And when you you look at that, you think, ooh, I mean, he's good, but at the end mm. of the season, you're left with a bit of a hole in your bank account, aren't you, for something like that? So you can kind of see why Town might not have gone that route. And I think one thing to maybe to bear in mind is that Town got a really good reputation with the likes of Chelsea, uh, Man City, Arsenal, etc. Through the previous um, regime, you know, Lee Bromby uh, brought a lot of these players, you know, helped to bring some of these players in. Um, and Town had a good reputation thanks to having progressive coaches like Carlos Corbran and David Wagner. Mm. And without, I love Neil Warnock to bits. He, he's one of my favourite football people ever. But if you're sending a young player out on loan as a football club, do you want him to go to a Neil Warnock club or do you want him to go to a technical coach where they're going to have a lot of analysis you can have him back here or or does he go to Neil Warnock who will probably play him when he's injured and, and you know sort of hmm. things like that um, yeah that, that could one. come into it couldn't it I mean you look at some of the head coaches and managers in the championship Carlos Corbran being the prime example you, you even look at the likes of Matt Taylor who's at Rotherham who worked wonders at Exeter and he's seen as one of these upcoming coaches obviously Rob Edwards who's at Luton now in the Premier League uh, you know even even Daniel Farker at Leeds United these these guys who are who are seen and perceived as more technical you can certainly take that point that the big boys want to send their players to play under those kind of coaches. So, it, you know, it is a shame that that I'm sure they looked. Um, can I say that with any conviction? No, but I'm sure I'm sure they did. Whatever deals they might have looked at hadn't worked. Some were taken out of Neil Warnock's hands, as he's told us, you know, whether that's turning the club down or it just not getting over the line. Um, so, yeah, you can certainly understand the frustrations. I, I think for me, and, and we mentioned this in our post-match and our build-up on Saturday I, I, I actually disagree with you Matt I, I think from what I've seen of Tom Edwards I, I actually think he looks like a, a decent player who will do a decent job this season for town that's what I think personally um, I, I don't think there's an issue with the quality that's bought being bought in Bergsorg as we've mentioned looks like he no, could no I, I don't really you know, know. Um, I think Ben Wiles, you bob on with him. I thought he looked brilliant against West Brom. I think Maxwell, you know, as a second-choice goalkeeper, is as fine. good as you can get, isn't he? I, I, I don't think the quality is the issue. I, I think some are just questioning, and rightly so, the quantity of those signings. And I know people talk about quality over quantity, but as as you said at the start, what happens if there's two, three, four injuries, God forbid. Um, but then, as you say, everyone might stay fit. Anyone who gets injured might only be out for a couple of games and, and this worry was all for nothing. But you, you can certainly understand that on the Saturday morning there was, there was that frustration. Go on, Cosy Bear, what do you think? Yeah, the first thing I think is Doug at Sky Broadband. But, uh, yeah. second, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, second I'm thing, Sky Broadband. Yeah, just a bit disappointing, really. I think, obviously, uh, when you get a new owner coming in, uh, and I, I get what you've said, Matt, about him coming in late and, and the restrictions and things like that as well, you kind of expect a little bit more, uh, you know, happening a bit more excitement really as well. But I think this result really does change things and, and should it really, it's really weird, isn't it, how you think differently after after Saturday and like you say, Louis people might not get injured and, you know, we might beat Rotherham the next game and, and things like that as well. But it's, uh, it's piling a lot of pressure on the younger guys really and that as well. And I think what I've been really uh, surprised at is like Quarnock's, uh you know, really backing these these guys as much. He's got no one else really as well. So, you know, he, he has, uh, you know, G Medley's looks like he's probably going to get quite a lot of starts now. And I'm sure Kane Allen's going to play his part as well. So, 
yeah, it might make it be a good thing in in the long run, really. That if you think of the January window, I mean, I know this was on the move again. Yes, it was Anthony Knockout. I was buzzing. I mean, I remember doing the pod with him, Matt. What a signing he is! And yeah, we had reservations about Cambelli, but we were delighted uh, to get. Oh God, I can't forget who he is with that bad and that as well from Burnley. Weren't it, Matt? That defender put me out of my misery. Oh, Matt Lowton. Yeah. yeah. We so so I think sometimes Lowton, it's he? like you can bring numbers in, but as it's more about kind of you know the, the quality really and that as well. So, like you mentioned, a lot of them thirty-four players. There's not many of them. You'd have been, you know. No, too, I mean too, it, it too wasn't. Forced. Yeah, it wasn't so much the number. It was more so that thirty-five players, whether they're nineteens, B team. Yeah. You kind of think, oh, maybe that increases space on the budget for for you know for the striker. That was yeah. more the point. I mean, I don't think anyone really argues with any of the thirty-five that have gone out. And I know I've probably been a bit harsh on Tom Edwards there because he, he is a decent footballer, but. Um, the, the strikers that the, sorry, the players that have come in are fine. I don't have an issue with really any of them that have come in. I've got an to go, which I will get over. I will get over it in time. Um, but it was just that you kind of think just one or two short, maybe. And I think we're maybe been a bit kinder than a lot of people have been online. <laughs> but, uh, but I it do. I, I am trying to be really fair, win, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to be really fair as well on the on the new regime. We've Kind of been, it feels like they've kind of been thrown into it a little bit, um, you know, running Huddersfield Town and they're flying by the seat of the pants and they're doing, and they're doing a, a, a other than the transfer window, they're doing a good job so far. I don't think there's any arguing. Uh, I mean, the tweets are tweets out there. I think we can overlook that. But, um, but I think everyone real... quite likes Kevin Nagel. They quite like, you know, his his attitude and his he's very positive, which rubs off, which I think will rub off on people as well, which is great. Um, and and the new guys, I'm sure they'll get there. It's just. It's a it's a slow change, isn't it? And I think football, with football, everything is is so instantaneous and so has to be instantly gratifying, you know. And everyone loves the dopamine hit of a five million pound striker, and it's not always uh, a realistic yeah. thing, is it? But it's just it, because it was something we talked about all summer, and the club had talked about. I think when you don't get it, you kind of have to be a little bit a little bit sad but you know it's a chance for Keen Harrett isn't it yeah. and, and, and it's a player I like exactly mate you can go the other way I think one of Michael Carrick's biggest who's at Middlesbrough is like if you look at Arch and look at all their loans last time he, he's not been able to replace any of them they're, they're right at the bottom as well so in a way this might I know people will be screaming at me but it might be a positive thing mate that we might have to blood I mean he mentioned Josh Osterfield don't he he was saying again on, on the other day on one of the interview that I saw that he uh, you know he, he he says to him, look, son, I can't let you go, you know, and, and, and if we get somebody's back, maybe in January, I will do. So, again, it sounds like he's going to get some games as well. So, you know, maybe a negative and positive, but I think we are going to have to get lucky with injuries. And it does, yeah, it's just a different type of striker. But as we've seen Carl Hudlin in uh, some of these games, you know. I would like, the, uh, I like Carl Hudlin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have part. But I think, again, I, I just think Saturday, it's not just how we, we won, it's just like, it's just not that we won, it's like how we took we took the game to them as well, so it just, I don't know, but I suppose, again, you know what football's like, rather than beat us 2-0 at the uh, John Smith at the, the break, and, you know, they all hell break loose on Nagel's Twitter. The only one thing I would say is, man, I, I just don't like stuff being played out. It's up to Kevin Nagel how he runs his club, he looks up to Kevin Nagel how he runs his ex-account, let's not call it Twitter now, his ex-account, but I just don't like seeing it all in stuff in public, you know. But then, if he goes quiet, well, he's not talking to the fans. So I think, like I say, we're just going to have to get used to it, man. Yeah, he, can't, he can't win now, can he? He's no. Double-edged sword. I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it as a big attack, though, unlike Warnock. A lot of people, I just thought they were like, well, hang on a minute, we shouldn't be losing 4-0, you know, to, 
kind of. I didn't see it. I know that I've, there were different views of it. He, obviously, Warnock must have seen it as an attack on on him, but I, I didn't see it that way. But obviously, it's water under the bridge now, and sure they'll have kissed and made up after Saturday. I think just very quickly, Matt. Sorry, I know you're wanting to come in there. What I would say, and you know, in my role, I'm no way inside the club, but I, you know, it's I have the privilege to go down to the training ground every now and again and, and be the person at the press conferences and. You, you know, you get a feel for for places and atmospheres, don't you? And it, you know, hand on heart, I can say it feels like a very positive place at the moment. That training ground, yes, okay, four points from your opening five is never ideal, but let's remember the run, let's remember the performance against Leicester and against Middlesbrough and the and the win at West Brom. It it does feel that is very positive, like the smiles on the players' faces and on the coaches and everyone's chatting and they're all eating together. Um, so it feels like a good place to be. Um, and of course, fans, some fans are going to be disappointed because you're right, football's instant gratification. And I think, you know, it's all well and good signing a £5 million striker, but is that £5 million striker any good? But I think it's yeah. that buzz of a new player, isn't it? And, and that yeah. almost unknown, and this guy's going to come in and transfer, our, uh, transform our season. Um but it, it it feels good. It feels good when you go around the place. It, it feels like a real togetherness. And I think if anything, that was that was put on display with the celebrations at the end when we'd only smashed it in. I think that's definitely a good point. That there's definitely a, to- a togetherness there, which which takes you a long way, doesn't it? In football, we we saw it last season when you know, and we saw it in under the David Wagner season when you get the players together and they're all pushed in the same direction. It, it does um, it does create a a, a huge momentum, but. Let's go to what people are saying online. I uh, think, we'll go so, with... sorry, just, sorry, Matt, just cutting back in there, just quickly, expectations. Expectations is a low for Huddersfield Town now and, the, and a, and a yeah. poor window in, in its eyes. Is that Middlesbrough expect to be like up there again and stuff like that as well? I think Swansea, Swansea is, is struggling as well. I think their expectations are high. So I think in a way, obviously I want to aim higher than just where we are, but I don't think it might be a bad thing we kind of, I'm just trying to put a positive slant on it, really, and that as well. I just think as young players getting blooded and fans probably thinking, yeah, we haven't had a good window. And who knows, in January we could, you know, that, that we can get that get in there again and get get some signings. So I, I don't know. I'd, but again, I can't help feeling this probably is channeled a lot by Saturday. Nichols lets that in. We lose 2-1 and I'm on here kicking off. So, yeah, maybe an hypocrite as Dennis Wise would have. Gus Pye, he bookied, man. Right, okay, so Chris Green's been in there. He says, I wanted a striker to come in like many other fans, but it didn't happen, sadly. We can always bring a free agent in if we don't want to wait until the next window, which is a while away. Um, Macaulay Senior says, there's still a few decent free agent strikers out, so maybe we'll look into that. Um, Let's go with Johnny Goggs next. He says, a question on the window. Why are Birmingham less subject to FFI with space to bring quality in? when our takeover got EFL approval 30 days before theirs. Well, there was a massive transfer in the summer, which I believe Birmingham had a decent sell-on for when Jude Bellingham went to Real Madrid for about £100 million. So I think Birmingham got a huge windfall from that, and they sold Tyth Chong as well for about £7, £8 million. So when when that happens and you, you bring in that much money, you can then spend that uh, going out the other way. Um, but, you know, it, you know, I don't know what, uh, other than that, um, it's a it's a it's a good question. There may have been other uh, plans approved or plans put in place as well for that one. Uh, he also says, "Not one to criticize the new regime, knee jerk this early." And I like Kevin's attitude and openness, but looking around and seeing other strengthening doesn't help the mood in the fan base. I'd say. 
um, which is probably a good point. Uh, Ross uh, Leversidge says that we should get another striker, but we didn't. Um, Macaulay Senior says Lyle Taylor is a realistic one, possibly. Hopefully not. Um, Christine Kudarenko <laughs> says we are worried because we are Huddersfield Town. It's either a promotion push or a relegation scrap, and I think we all know which way it looks. Um, he also says at some point you have to stop saying these academy guys will be good and give some of them a proper run to develop. And Damien Wells says bring back Alan Lee, and I know Tom Bradshaw would be delighted if we brought back Alan Lee. I think he's working in finance now, he's Alan Lee. So, um, Matt, what did you uh, reckon to bringing in uh, David Weatherall there today? Interesting one, that. I mean, ex-Leeds and this... Bradford, obviously, is not, not right up on my list, but it's, his background <laughs> fascinating, mate, why he's coming. Because I wondered where they'd been him, you know, because he came in at Bradford, didn't he, as a caretaker, and he didn't go well, and then he disappeared. But reading up about him today, he's, he's kind of uh, a, bit, a bit like, you know, Edwards and Cartwright. They've kind of had a strange and interesting... Uh, Years Mate, this is this is a really good um, go-to. Uh, is David Weatherall, and I'll tell you why. Um, David Weatherall has spent the last sort of ten years going round to pretty much every academy in the north of England and auditing them, uh, checking on them, making sure that they achieve certain uh, certain standards. So, if anybody knows what a good academy looks like, David Weatherall does. So, for me, it's a really smart move to bring him in. Um, like I say, he's worked. He was, I think, he was the like lead development, wasn't he, for uh, the FA or something? At one point, I, I, you've, you've sprung a surprise on me there, so I haven't had a chance to quickly Google that. But, but from what I know of David Weatherall, is when uh, Towns Academy used to be incredibly worried when David Weatherall was coming in because he was very strict in his marking process, um, and he was one of the auditors that used to go in and, and make sure that either category one, everything uh, within E Triple P. So. It's a very smart move. I don't think you could actually get anybody better. Um, or well, you could probably could, but for me, it's it's a really smart move to go get somebody with so much experience, so much knowledge, uh, when you're wanting to set the academy back up. So yeah, um, pat on the back for that. I think it's a really good move. Um, and you know, it, it may have worn some ropey colours in the past, but you know, we'll, we'll forgive him that if we go do some academy at the end. So yeah, it's it's a good one for me. Is that mate? But. Um, what I want to do as well is we'll, we'll have a quick break because I, we have a special announcement, don't we, Cosy? So it's coming up to the international break. What am I going to listen to? I hear that you hear people saying right now. Well, me and Cosy have been busy. So uh, this international break, I'm really uh, happy to bring you a trailer for uh, the next episode of our Cult Heroes series. And there we go. Happily announced that Cult Heroes Episode 8, Phil Starbuck, God of Thunder Bastards, is going to be available uh, later this week. So it was great to catch up with Phil. Uh, a proper striker. You know, maybe you could, you know, roll back 20 years and well, maybe a bit longer. Third, be uh, an absolutely fantastic play. It was great to chat to Phil, wasn't it, Cos? And uh, yeah. should be L- Lewis been Googling him, hasn't he? On, uh, <laughs> Lewis been Googling his name. Who's that? Cowshed, what's that about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're I'll give it a lesson. Oh, it was a great podcast. Uh, obviously, I, I hope everyone enjoys it. And yeah, it was a lot more open, and uh, he had a glass of, of wine in it when he was doing it. So yeah, we got some good uh, stuff out of him. And oh man, uh, yeah, you can't beat a bit of reminiscing them Gola shirts, mate. It just gives me a bruise bumps, man. I know it was it was great to chat to Phil, a super guy. There's 
There's a saying, Louis, that says never meet your heroes. And every time we do a Cult <laughs> Heroes episode, it's absolute rubbish because they're all absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure you've met Ian Dunn as well. He was Cult Heroes yeah, episode one. Great guy. Great guy. What a great guy Ian Dunn is. Um, and Phil Starbucks says he wants to do more commentary on Huddersfield Towns or co-commentary. So if Matt Glennon's ever Glennon out, out <laughs> you've got out. yeah, well, Glennon not Glennon out, out. he'll he'll <laughs> have you for that. But if he's ever unavailable, then there's another option there with Phil Starbuck, which is great. So uh, a couple of last comments, I think, before we uh, we bring the show to an end. Uh, Christian Kudarenko uh, says, you never know with injuries, though, because it causes young players to either stand up and be counted or shrivel. Uh, you would hope if Ward, uh, you would hope if Ward and probably when he gets in, when when gets injured, Harrick can take it in his stride. Sorry about that, Christian. I've completely butchered your comment there with uh, my fat tongue. Um, Martin Sykes, this is a good one, says, I did some research on strikers. Just seven players scored over 15 goals last season. Four of them have been moved on quickly for lots of money. Millwall have two of them and didn't even get into the playoffs. Um, really good comment. And that's something that Neil Warnock and Mark Fotherham even said, didn't he, um, last season about how they try and get the goals all around the team. And you've got, you know, if Josh Caroma brings in sort of close to 10, Radoni gets close to that 10, Danny Ward gets between five and 10, you know, and, and Kean Harrick gets that. Then it, it all adds up, doesn't it? And you know, hopefully that's something we might be able to to do. And uh, McCauley Senior finishes with Alan Allen Lee swinging elbow for me. Um, yeah, more red cards than yeah. goals possibly for Alan Lee, but um, yeah, rather than he could be episode nine. Rather than start next two home games, they're not pulling up any trees, mate. So this is what I love about division. Let's get some home wins on the ball. We need to start getting his own form sorted. Always, I'm looking forward to them. And uh, yeah, under the light, Let, let's get at least four points on it. And then all of a sudden, it's it, feel a better place on it so why not absolutely mate so i think i think that's it unless there's any other business from you guys i think we'll end the pod there we've gone half an hour over the week sorry louis you're teasing the call, <laughs> it's all right. it? <laughs> good job i've got a microwave <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh we'll roll in the final credits thanks to everybody for listening online live if you like the live shows we might do more uh more often we've essentially done it live on a monday night because um, I uh, I was on holiday in Scotland and uh, <laughs> do a podcast yesterday, so it's all my fault. So um, thanks for listening. And if you want to do uh, get in touch with us, um, a couple of you have done so, which is great. Um, and if you want to appear on the away day uh, audio log, also get in touch. But that's it for this week, and we will be back with a special episode later on. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily Every go shall be a memory 
So town play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. So town play up and bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.